Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about Crunch Chocolate Bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with crunch. Hello, welcome to Smart TV with me, Kellyanne Taylor. I hope you had a fantastic Christmas break and a happy new year and enjoyed watching lots of brilliant telly. At the end of last year's episode, David announced that he was moving on to Pastures New. So I'm so excited to introduce you to Caroline Frost, our resident TV guru and acting features editor here at Radio Times. She's ridiculously well-informed. You may recognise her voice from her weekly chat with Adrian Charles on Five Live, talking all things telly. And most importantly, she's a fabulous person to get to chat to each and every week. Caroline, welcome to your show. Thank you. Lovely to be here. <laughs> Good. What have you been enjoying watching over Christmas? Oh, goodness me. It's been a big old binge fest. I've hardly been out. <laughs> Um, well, like everybody else in the entire world, I watched all of White Lotus season two in one big fat binge. Chocolates <laughs> at the ready. The the chocolate orange did not stand a chance. So <laughs> it was very good. It was a bit disappointing to see. Um, I don't know how much I'm wanting to spoil the demise of one of my favourite characters. We know there's always a death or two. They show us at that beginning. Then the question becomes who and why and how. But yes, sadly, one of my favourite gurning faces, of which there are many, had to go. And uh, that was a bit of a disappointment in the final furlong. But up till then, Class A telly, everyone on 
best performance. Murray Abraham, F. Murray Abraham, to give him his due, was the lovely sort of almost cameo role, Oscar winner from Amadeus Past and lots of new faces as well. So I think that this thing can run and run. The creator, Michael White, has promised us something a little bit icier. He's looking to not so much sun-drenched. You know, people kind of do go mad in the midday sun. He's offering us something a little bit less of that ilk. But I do hope this series continues to have legs because it is proper pedigree. Mm, I haven't seen any of it. So for those of us who don't know, give us a brief summary. Okay. So it's a bunch of very rich, ugly people, big fat wallets, small, miserly hearts, sort of self-sabotaging and sabotaging other people in beautiful, beautiful places. Uh, The first series was a hotel, a big resort in Hawaii, I believe. Uh, Second series was stunning Italian coastal line. So I think it's done no harm to the Italian tourism industry, (laughs) even while the characters churn themselves up in knots. Uh, But yes, it's, it's just, it's terrible rich people doing horrible things. Being nasty to the waiter is the shorthand. Oh, I have to say, in terms of binging, I've seen on Twitter, it's either everyone talking about White Lotus or traitors. Mm -hmm. Have you seen that? Yes. No, I think you're the traitors correspondent, aren't you? Because you have been hinting at it since well, it began. That I think is you were exactly pretty early on that one. It's it's the kind of telly that I only watched because everyone else was talking about it. I saw at the beginning of Christmas, people were either talking about White Lotus or the traitors. And I thought the idea of having basically a school children's game made into a TV show, I was like, hell to the note, that's not a bit of me. <laughs> Well, Why I'll tell you me. something. Did you did you appreciate the innocence of the fact that they weren't cynical celebrities trying to climb the ladder to yes. Instagram following? Yes, I thought it was really good. I also thought maybe if if more shows did that, where they hire seemingly very normal people who were just obviously looking to make you know cash money, which is completely fine. Mm. These people were very genuine, and so the stakes were a lot higher. Because people were so emotional and it wasn't, like you say, it wasn't these big personalities just trying to make money. It's kind of this big communal game. Anyway, that was my recommendation. I also uh, recently watched, I didn't realise it had come out on Amazon Prime and I wanted to see it in the cinema but didn't have a chance, was Good Luck to You, Leo Grande, which is the film where Emma Thompson plays this kind of... Uh, late 50s, early 60s, retired RE teacher who hires a sex worker who's this young man played by Daryl McCormack. And it is all about her basically coming into a sexual enlightenment, which I thought was so interesting. There's a scene, and this isn't a massive, it's not really a spoiler, it's just a moment in the film where she's kind of standing in front of this mirror completely naked and looking at her own body and coming to terms with her own body as a kind of, sexual being in her late 50s, early 60s. I thought that was remarkable. And that is now free on Am- if you have an Amazon Prime subscription. So I would definitely recommend that. Mm. Back to Linear Telly. Okay. What are the TV offerings for us this week? 
Well, I have to say, they both happen on Sunday evening, so you don't have to wait very long. I have looked through the entire week, I promise. I have done my homework, (laughs) but these were the two that leapt out to me, so I have to be authentic for you, Kellyanne. Um, So the first thing, now I guess uh, viewers' homework and listeners' homework is to watch Stonehouse, the drama that's been on ITV1 this past week, starring Matthew McFadden and Keely Hawes. Again, everyone knows very glamorous off-screen in real life duo and they've teamed up for this which has been a by turns hilarious but also jaw-dropping story of the real life MP in the 70s John Stonehouse who um, got himself into a bit of a financial and romantic pickle shall we say up to his eyeballs in debt and courting both his wife played by Keely Hawes and also his secretary and what does a a self-respecting man do in such a situation he cuts and runs So what we saw was Stonehouse uh, faking his own death on a Miami beach, having to do it twice, in fact, because nobody noticed the first time, but then um, ending up in Melbourne, where he was mistaken for another high-ranking British person, Lord Lucan, by on-the-business cops in Melbourne and promptly arrested. So he had the very bad luck to coincide his disappearance with another person who people were looking for. So that story was told with great, um, I would say, sort of suave charm. I mean, Matthew McFadden can do no wrong these days. He picked up an Emmy for his role in Succession. And it's kind of almost the same but not quite performance as Stonehouse, sort of bumbling, oh, I can't believe I've got myself in this strange hole, but here we go. So anyway, that's the homework. The main course is the real Stonehouse. So this is Sunday Night ITV, 10.55. I I have a feeling it's been bumped for the Harry interview, more of which later. Um, (laughs) And this is a sort of how does the drama compare with real life? One of the problems with the show was that his family, John Stonehouse uh, is no longer with us, but his family were very cross at how he was presented in this show. One of the main problems they have is that it is very much accepted that he was in the pay of the Czechs in the 70s. He got checks from Czechs for very bad spying. Eventually, they did away with his services because he was so ineffectual. And this is told in a very funny way in the drama. The family are not happy. They're saying that it was never proven that he got up to such espionage. And that's just one of their problems with it. So it's a bit of compare and contrast. But But for people who watch the drama, there's a lot more background and context to be had from this this particular documentary. This episode is brought to you by Amazon Prime. You know Amazon Prime is not just a shipping subscription, right? It's got everything, including streaming TV and movies on Prime Video. And of course, Prime's fast, free shipping. Go from watching your favorite shows to getting your favorite things. Whatever you're into, it's on Prime. Visit Amazon.com slash Prime to get more out of whatever you're into. Want to be more active this summer? Sierra helps you save on everything from swimsuits to stand-up paddle boards, tennis rackets to fishing tackle. And if that doesn't float your boat, we also have pool floats. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go! Oh, I love that, like a deep dive past exactly. the drama. I yes. remember there was one, there was like the Queen's Gambit came out on Netflix and then there was a really good PBS documentary on the chess finals in the Cold War. And I love Mm -hmm. that little marrying up of real life Mm. versus fiction. What else is there? 
Well, uh, I think uh, we've discussed Happy Valley in the past. Who isn't talking about Happy Valley? I think we've waited such a long time. But of course, that did mean the stakes were very, very high for both Sarah Lancashire starring and Sally Wainwright writing. And Mm. they're pretty much on TV's highest plinth from which there is only one direction, as we know. But they've pulled it off. Having watched Uh. episode one last week and I've sneaked ahead and I can just say the quality continues. There's nobody better. I know she picked up all the gongs. She's the other Olivia Coleman, isn't she? But Sarah Lancashire yeah. is just superb. And what I really like, as well as all the drama and the very high-octane face-off in the making between her and Tommy Lee Royce, played by James Norton in almost unrecognisable form, messianic but evil, evil, the smile that never reaches the eyes, is the little humour bits in between. This is what Sally Wainwright does so well. And this is where you can detect her soap training, the fact that she came and earned her stripes on the likes of Coronation Street years and years ago. She brings the, she knows that life isn't all black. And even in the blackness, there's lightness to be found in quips. And that's what gets everybody and all her characters through the day and her lovely dialogues. So we've got her character, Catherine Kaywood, her interjections with her sister, played by Siobhan Kinneran, where you can just tell that they're friends in real life. Beautiful chemistry between them. The timing is impeccable. Oh, amazing. Okay, so that's definitely one to watch. So that's Sunday, 9pm, BBC One, Happy Valley. If you're not watching Harry on ITV. I mean, it's bizarre, isn't it? We've got Prince Harry complaining from his palace walls on ITV and you've got Sarah Lancashire playing a ready-to-retire northern Yorkshire policewoman. I mean, she's almost the human antithesis, isn't she? Down to earth, say it like it is, no point complaining. I think perhaps uh, Prince Harry could watch a little bit of Happy Valley is my, my little tip for him. Then moving to streaming, what's going on there? Oh, well, so something's just landed, as uh, mm. the kids say, do they? Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's made off the monster of Wall Street. So this is the story, again, real life, who needs fiction? Bernie Madoff, it's four-parter. Uh, he was the Ponzi schemester without compare for the 90s and 2000s. And this is a four-parter. I mean, it, it's like a thriller. It's extraordinary. I think if they pitched it, to studio execs. They say, no, 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 fantastical, go away. But it tells how he started out as a financial wizard. Nobody could believe his luck. That was going on on one floor of his building and he paced around like a lovely benevolent uncle telling people to put their computers in the right place and making sure no pot plants were available, but really treating everybody very well and making awful lots of money. Meanwhile, a few floors below, the real business was going on, which was a uh, an illegal Ponzi scheme. I mean, he dressed it up. He made so much money that uh, people tried to report him to the Securities and Exchanges Commission, and even they looked the other way. It was one of those things that was too good to be true, which meant it wasn't true. So uh, it's Ooh. got lots of inside testimony, his secretary, his workforce, and a lovely detective, a sort of old school Columbo detective who was on to him very early. And as, as I say, tried to report him. And nobody wanted to know because so much money was flowing into people's coffers until it wasn't. Wow. Okay, that does sound very good. I feel like Netflix are on the money at the moment with these kind of docu-series. 
Oh, yes. The real crime, isn't it? That's where yeah. the stories are to be had. And I think they've realised that. I mean, they do. They come out a lot. They're not all as good as each other because, mm. like any of these things, they start saying, what else have you got? So the quality starts yeah. to become a little bit of a diminishing return. But uh, occasionally, as you say, they strike gold. And I think this is one of them. OK, what else have we got to watch on streamers? Now, this isn't my bag because I'm a bit of a midsummer gal. But uh, this is almost a public information message. So Tom <laughs> Clancy's Jack Ryan, new season three, just dropped and uh, or landed. And uh, it's, uh, yeah, so Jack Ryan, as we know, has been played by a very mixed bag of actors. Many have tried, I think, uh, so who's this? John Krasinski. He's the fifth one out. But this series, you know what? It didn't get... The big reviews early on, series one, series two, but he's back. And it's if you look at the shorthand on Amazon Prime, it's espionage, action, suspense, drama. And frankly, that's a bit of an endangered species these days. As I say, five mm. actors have played this since the 80s. We started out with Alec Baldwin, uh, followed by, people do still call it the definitive version, Harrison Ford in Patriot Games and Clear and Present Danger back in the 90s. Ben Affleck, who seems to be the actor they go to to give him a crack at things, and then he only so gets true. one shot. He did it in The Sum of All Fears. And we even had a Chris Pine effort about, what, nearly a decade ago as Shadow Recruit. I mean, that could mean anything, couldn't it? So, um, I mean, he's in good company. He's a very likeable, popular actor. Some people don't go still for the mixture of sort of clunky, I don't know how I got into this situation, sort of Mr Bean charm. And then suddenly you have a all action, knows exactly how to load a gun and shoot it like he's sort of Jason Bourne. And there's a bit of a, it's not, I wouldn't call it a seamless segue between the two. But as I say, likeable, people love the character. I mean, Tom mm. Clancy has been churning these out for years and he's very much celebrated for his his expertise and his ease with the military jargon. The soldiers like this stuff. You know, there's always a kind of complaint when people, when, when the real life squaddies and policemen and doctors and nurses, no, that wouldn't happen. Tom Clancy doesn't get a lot of that. And so I guess even whoever's playing the role, if the story is true and interesting, and I have to say this series is a topical one, guess what? It's all about a race across time and Europe, which is a zugma, I need to add, uh, to stop a rogue faction within the Russian government. blah de blah de blah So it's pretty topical, if nothing else. Wait, pray tell us, what is a zugma? That oh, is one of my favourite things. So um, what can we say? He left in a rush... And a taxi is a zugma. So one is a physical thing and one is an abstract thing. So a rush is an abstract, non-tangible thing, the taxi you can touch. And you use the same preposition to introduce the pair. Writers love it. Caroline, I learn something from you every time we speak. <laughs> there you go, listeners. Um, now, we're going to introduce a new section of this podcast called Frost Fancy. So it is your picks. <laughs> that may, that's a working title. It <laughs> may change, but currently it change. trademarked, it may change. Yes. But for now, we're running with it. Okay. What's on your list of Frost Fancies? Okay, couple of couple of little things, little treasures. So I have, like half the world, I fear, been bedbound over Christmas. And you know what kept me going and laughing out loud was a revisit to 
Derry Girls. So there are two seasons on Netflix, but they're all to be found on all four. So I stayed local. I went British. And right from, I mean, it's, mm. they're, they're 26 minutes apiece. You know, it's the little tidbit. It's the little mousse-bouche before bedtime. 26 minutes of four Derry girls plus one honorary Derry girl who happens to be a boy uh, drafted in from England. And they are living through the troubles of the 90s uh, and... Lisa McGee has obviously written about what she knows. All breakout stars, of course, honourable mention to Sister Michael, who is, of course, the inimitable Siobhan McSweeney, who we saw for, I think, about five whole minutes in the Death in Paradise Christmas special. But hey, a trip to Guadeloupe, why not? But it's superb. It's moving. It's knowing The adults know what's going on. They treat the troubles with a sort of respect, but also very much in the background. For example, when there's a a bomb threat on the bridge, it becomes about uh, one of the the characters not being able to get to her hair salon in time. So they treat it with the almost, well, I guess sort of almost, yes, the the disdain that locals learn to treat it, or at least certainly the casualness. So that's there, but it's really about those four Derry girls, five Derry girls, and their, their rites of passage as they grow up with that in the background. People who've watched it, I just say watch it again. People who haven't, my goodness, you're in for a treat. I'm jealous. Anything else? Well, uh, as the uh, they <laughs> say, best-selling, mm, brackets, <laughs> on Amazon for a short while, um, author of a book about the carry-on films this year, uh, 2022, still available, um, <laughs> I always get people messaging me when the carry-on films turn up again. And the good news is that with the arrival of ITVX, they seem to have found their natural home. So ITV have owned the carry-on film library for a, a long while now, and they've landed them on ITVX. So this is a brand new, modern, contemporary streaming platform with the carry-on films, all of them. I have to say, there have also been some complaints about the, some of the editing decisions. I guess that's inevitable in this day and age. I'd rather they left them alone and just put a big old disclaimer on the front. This film was made in 1965. Judge it as you will because I think we're all intelligent enough to read between the lines. Some of the jokes don't really uh, stand up to 2023 scrutiny, but for the most part, they are surprisingly radical, progressive, and just downright funny. They are about the consolation of comradeship. And against this background of political and economic chaos, my goodness, we've never needed that so much. Good. Well, Caroline, thank you so much for wrapping up the week for us in television. It's been an absolute honour and we'll be back next Friday. (laughs) Thank you, my dear. Look forward to catching up then. 